Hey teacher friend, are you thinking your writing time could really be a lot better? Are you wanting your students to just love writing and feel successful as writers? If so, I think you and I need to spend some time starting the transformation of your writing instruction. Let's get started. writing teacher. How are you today? I hope everything is going well with you and yours. Um, I really hope you've had some wins during your writing time. I would love to hear about them. Um, so feel free to reach out and share at any time. I wanted to talk to you today about how to gather some ideas for strategies for your teaching of writing by using information from your students, from some data from student writing. And I wanted to talk about two different ways today to do that. Last episode, I spoke about how you don't need to have a writing program in order to teach writing and feel like you're you are helping your students to be successful. And one of the things I talked about was how helpful and important it is to be able to see what your students are doing and that you can really learn from them, from their writing. Um, from seeing how they write, what they write, what they're applying and not applying. And so I wanted to kind of delve into that a little bit more today. So the two ideas I wanted to talk about today are thin slicing, which is a way to gather class data at one time, and then a way to gather individual data, which will really happen during conferring time. The conferring part, I want to get into a little bit more in, um, future episodes, but this time it will just be about how you can go about gathering some data from students individually, and it looks a little bit different than it would for thin slicing. So let's start with that one. Thin slicing is a term um, that actually originally came from uh, like the psychology realm, um, where they talked about trying to identify um identify um, patterns and events based on narrow windows of experience. But this is also a writing instruction term. Um, I first heard about it from the Teachers College Reading and Writing Project, but it actually comes from Malcolm Gladwell from his um, book, Blink. And it really just means paring down information in order to make quick and meaningful decisions about the set of data that is in front of us. So in this case, it's thinking about the student work, one writing piece from your class. And you're going to look at this piece and you um, you can do it in a different in a few different ways. The process of thin slicing has to do with taking all of the one piece, the piece of writing, one piece of writing from your students and sorting it first into piles and usually quickly based on kind of just how it looks. Do you look at it quickly and kind of look at the length of it? Um, the organization of it, and then decide whether or not it is on the low side of your grade level, on the high side, or somewhere in the middle, or even just of your class in general. And then you would kind of move further from that. But you can also do this process thinking of one specific skill. So for example, before I explain where those skills can come from, for example, if you were looking at just organization and let's say you're working on an informational writing and you want to be able to see that they're breaking their writing up into parts, to chapters or what have you. And so that's what you're looking for. And when you look through the pieces of writing, you start with your one big pile and then you look at them, you know, quick look quickly through them to see if you can find that evidence of organization and put them into those piles. 
you might end up only having two piles. A lot of times it is three though, especially when you do your first look through and you're like, eh, I'm not sure. I'm going to put this one in the middle. And sometimes once you see more writings, you start to, oh, that one I just saw a few pages ago, that's going to go in the higher pile. That's going to go in the lower pile. So it is very quick because you're just trying to take, again, it's just this one piece of data. So just like any other, um, you know, test, for example, where you say, well, this is just one piece of information. Well, that's exactly what this is. And so again, you can do it just kind of looking overall, or you can do it looking at one specific skill. And so you think, where do I get the skill from? Well, it could be based on lessons you've already taught and seeing if any of those things or one of those things is actually being applied. It could also come from a couple of things. If you have a rubric that you're using, it could be a strand on your rubric, say organization or elaboration or looking at leads um, or looking at transitions or looking at spelling. So you can look at any of those things from your rubric and do that same process of putting them into piles. And you, or if you have um, the writing strategies book from Jennifer Saravalo, which I definitely recommend, I've spoken about that before. It has something called a hierarchy of writing goals. And it's a process that Jennifer Saravalo uses in order to decide or help her decide which goals um, should be met before possibly other goals should be met. So she actually has like a, it's like a step ladder almost um, to say, that, for example, she also has things on there like engagement in writing. That's not necessarily something you can quantify by looking at the piece of writing, but it also has, you know, she has structure and organization. And then after that would be elaboration. And so if, so I'm not going to get too into the hierarchy. However, if you are using that tool or you could look at that tool in order to choose a skill that you might be looking through the papers um, by, and then I said rubric before, and I think I've mentioned the Writing Pathways book, which is also a great assessment tool, and the rubrics in there or student checklist um, or the learning progression or writing progressions um, for the process of writing or the genre of writing can also be helpful in choosing what you want to look at your writing, um, you know, what skill you want to look at when you're thin slicing. So imagine you have these three piles of writing pieces. And let's say, again, you're looking at that organization and you have it into three piles and you have, um, let's say we're looking at third grade and we say that the middle pile is really on their way to understanding how to organize. Perhaps they have some pieces of information that are repeated in another chapter, or perhaps they have two chapters that maybe could go together, but for the most part, they seem to be understanding that their main idea has details and that each of those um, ideas are separate, but they all match the topic um, of which they're writing about. And then let's say you have higher students that really understand um, how to add detail to each of their sections. They don't repeat any information. They know how to elaborate in each one. They really thought it through. And then you have the lower pile um, of writing pieces where they are really struggling to be able to break it into pieces or they really don't appropriately match the facts or details in that section. Um, and so now you're looking at it thinking, okay, let me look at how many I have in each pile, let's say, so that you can get an idea of where your students as a whole, your class as a whole is as far as their skill, um, their level of skill in this skill of um, organization of their informational writing. And then let's say most of them are right on track. 
let's say 70, 80% of your students are right on track. And now you know that those specific strategies for organization are not necessarily needed. Or let's say that you would have at least half of your class um, or close to that where they're still really having trouble. Now you know that that's something that you're going to need to teach as a mini lesson. If you, again, if we go back to feeling like most of the students in, are in that middle pile, now you know, again, you don't have to worry about whole group lessons. However, you may then pull some small groups in order to continue to teach some strategies for this skill with some of those students who are in the lower pile. Let me go back now to the first way I was speaking about thin slicing where you're just looking at the writing overall. So you have this piece of writing, you just kind of take a quick look. Like I said, it may be the volume um, and just the, you know thinking about the genre you're working on, what are some big things you're trying to see in the writing pieces? And just take a quick look at where you think your students land, um, you know, kind of starting to get it or the middle pile, they're on their way or they, they're the higher pile where um, you say they've really got it and they're trying other things. Um, however you want to lay that out in your in your piles there. And once you do that, just like a quick look, okay, here I go, then you can look at each pile and say, what do I notice that's happening with most of these papers? Or you can pick one piece in each pile that seems to be pretty representative and then just look at that piece to help you see what's really going on in their writing. So you did a quick look just kind of overall. Let's say you're doing narrative writing and you know that they're supposed to be, um, let's say it's fifth grade, you really want them focused on one piece of writing or one moment in time. You really want to see um, a lot of uh, specific details in their events. You really want their characters to be brought to life. Um, you know, you might also be thinking about a certain volume of writing you might be really looking for showing dialogue or what have you. And so as you look at each of them, whether you're looking at your, um, you know, representative piece, or if you're really just looking at the whole pile and thinking, what do I notice that, you know, whether what it's I've been teaching or what's on the rubric in each of these um, pieces that makes you think, okay, so in these, these pieces that I think are middle of the road, what is really happening and what's not really happening. Now, throughout this process, this part of the process, you also might be moving pieces. So when you take a further look and you're really reading through them, one that at first glance looked like a higher paper, you might be moving back down to the middle. Or one that you originally put in the first pile because perhaps just, you know, sometimes your their handwriting catches you off guard and you think, oh my goodness, what's happening or their spelling or what have you. But when you really get into it, you notice that maybe they should move up um, to the middle pile. So things like that will, stuff will start to pop out so that you can really have a better idea of where to place them. But as you look through all these and you think, okay, what do they really have? What do they not have? Again, it's providing information for the entire class to say, okay, what do I still need to teach? Um, or can I move on from this area onto something else? What's really jumping out at me from all the piles? Um, what is something that's really missing in that first group? So it's, it's going to give you information, this one piece of writing, right? So a small um, data point really, and again, it's not about writing behaviors or stamina. It's just about what they're putting on the paper. It's also, if you are thinking about um, 
you know, phonics and spelling or even grammar and mechanics, this is also a great way to look through all the writings to put them in groups that way and say, okay, what should I really be working on with them? What can I coach them through and help them look through in the writing and see one specific um, skill in mechanics that they could work on? So again, it's just providing a way in order to have an idea of skills or strategies to teach to the whole class by looking at the whole class. But then it is also going to inform, like I said, we have this, you know, group number three that is the one that's really, you know, making progress. You say, okay, what can I really help them with? How can I push them when I meet with them? Can I pull them in a small group to work on something new? Um, and then for the the first pile that you have there, what can I pull for those students on? So it's just a couple of different ways of really doing the same thing. The one way is just generally and just kind of taking, um, thinking what pops out. And then the other way could be thinking of a specific skill that you're looking for and see how it's being applied throughout the uh, all of the students in this piece of writing. And you can do this multiple times throughout the unit, or you can do it um, in the beginning of the end of the unit. We also had at one point in the podcast talked about doing a, an, a baseline assessment or some refer to as an on-demand piece of writing. So when you first start your unit, it gives you an idea of where they are in their skill level for a certain genre, let's say. And this is a great process, thin slicing, to use for that as well to really try to set some goals for the unit as far as your um, teaching and mini lessons go. Okay, so the second way to inform instruction by gathering data on student writing is in an individual way instead of in that class way, um, which eventually you'll be able to look at it as a whole class. But in order to get specific information, you want to go around to each student as they are writing. And I think one of the biggest differences in for this way versus the thin slicing way is that you are now able to see writing behaviors because you're watching them in action. And then also, when you go and work with them, you see the piece that they're working on now, but you can also look at previous work while you're there with them. And so this time, you're kind of looking at it as, um, as a writer, what are they continually doing? And you'll start to be able to see some patterns um, when you take data in this way um, consistently or you know, quite a few times over a period of time. When you are doing the thin slicing, you have one piece of writing that you're looking at. Yes, you can kind of see as a writer they're doing this or that, but you don't get to see the pattern. You're only seeing this one piece of writing, um, this one slice of information. So I had said before that gathering information individually really can coincide with conferring, and it helps you to be able to confer in a more productive and effective way. Again, I will get into that in a future episode. But even if you're not conferring, you can do this. <clears throat> but you're going to eventually just kind of naturally start to confer with them because one of the first types of conferences is a check-in conference where you're basically just saying, how's it going? What you doing? You got what you need? Getting started? Have any problems? And sometimes that's for our writers who are have difficulty engaging or staying on task. And other times it's just really to, you know, check in to see how they're doing. And so while you're doing that check-in and asking them those questions, you can also be observing them in action, you know, or before you even go up to them, observe them. What are they doing behaviorally in their writing time? And you're also able to look through the writing. You can see what they're working on as you go over to them. And then you can ask to look through their folder and just kind of look through it as you're talking to them. Okay. And then I'm just going to move forward real quick before I kind of go back and talk about what you're looking for. Um, that another beginning conference is a compliment conference where you're going to the student, you can still ask, how's it going? What are you working on? 
We actually always want to start with questions like that. But then you're looking to see something that they're doing well as a writer so that you can compliment on them on it. And if you're looking to try to find that, then you're obviously already gathering some information that we can take some notes on. Okay. So I'm going to talk about both of those ways. Or even if you just go over to the student silently while they work and don't talk to them and look at their writing, that's absolutely fine to get some information from them in that way, especially if you're trying to be quick. So when you are coming over to them, obviously you need to write some things down because you're not going to be able to remember all that. Whether you do this digitally, some people have used the grade book kind of program that they use where they can put notes um, or they even create like a, um, a classwork or something and they put notes in there for it. Some people have actual paper and they just keep a note in notebooks. Some people have templates for a whole, like a page of everyone like a box, a bunch of boxes on the page for everyone, or they'll have a one page for each student just to kind of keep track to be able to see their progress. So you have to find the template or the way of note taking that works best for you so that you can go back and be able to, you know, pull data from the notes that you take. Hello again, writing teacher. I am so glad that you are listening. And if you do enjoy the podcast, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, wherever it is that you do listen, to go ahead and do a review and let people know what's so great about it. I would love for more teachers to be able to get some learning about writing from this podcast. And if you're interested in any further information, you can find me in a couple of places. One is YouTube, Melissa Morrison. I have a lot of videos there for you to, to help you with writing instruction. And then also on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Teaching to Transform LLC, and a Facebook group where you can learn more from me and chat with other teachers. It is called Transform Writing K-8, through and I would love to see you there. Have a great day.